Well, good afternoon. That's right. It is afternoon tea time now. We were here this morning, but now we're here in the afternoon. So good afternoon, good evening, and good morning, wherever you may be tuning in from. So now we are doing round two of tea time today on this beautiful day in August. So let's do the disclaimer and let's do a little bit of the intro of the incredible guests that we have in this back studio. I'll get him to join us in a few seconds and we will sit back and spill some good old tea on overcoming life. Disclaimer for Miss Liz's Tea Times live shows. I, Miss Liz, is going live using StreamYard.com and StreamYard, here we go again, we're spilled the tea, here we go. Miss Liz is going live using StreamYard. Before leaving a comment, please grant StreamYard permission to see your name at StreamYard.com. Please be advised that the content brought forward for any Tea Time show hosted by myself, Miss Liz, is always brought forward in good faith. However, may bring forth dialogue and opinions that are not representative of my platform. The facts and information are perceived to be accurate at the given time of airing. All Tea Time guests and audience participations are responsible for using their good judgment in taking any action that may relate to the discussion. The content brought forward may include discussions for some where they may be emotionally at risk. It is significant to know that this show is engaging in discussion form only to offer and inspire awareness and connection and is not providing therapeutical advice. If you have any questions about the disclaimer or the panelist discussion, you may freely contact me, Miss Liz, at bookingmissliz at gmail.com. Moving forward, should you choose to voluntarily participate in this show in any aspect, I, Miss Liz, welcomes you. And should you decide that this show is not made for you at this time, I respect your wishes and will see you at a future show at a later date. Now, we got the disclaimer out of the way. We got the tea spilled already. We got the little tongue twisters going. Now, I'm going to bring in the incredible guest that I have. I have Steve Boys here joining me from the United States, and he is a coach, teacher, and author. So a little bit on Steve Boris, and then I will have him jump into the studio and share his story with us. Steve Boris is, Steve grew up in Saveville, New York, on the east end of Long Island. He attended For Forham University, where he learned a BA in history and an MAT in social studies. At Forham, he played football and was a team captain two times, all Patriot League and an honorable mention, All-American. He's also going to be talking about his book that he wrote today, and I'll get him to share that a little bit later in the show, but let's get him into the studio with us. Hi, Steve. It is an honor to have you here with us today. Oh, the feeling's the same. Thank you so much for having me, Miss Liz. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. And as you've seen, Steve, my Miss Liz spills a tea, makes a mess, and slips with the tongue twisters. I am telling you, my tongue sometimes it just turns all over. So, Steve, how did it all begin? And let's start right from the beginning and 
carry on. And then we'll get to know your TEA later in the show. Sure. Um, you know, so why I wrote the book, um, you know, it was in the pandemic and uh, we were, my family was struggling, you know, with uh, the stress of the, the whole situation and we were dealing with depression and, and everything uh, that went along with those, uh, those dark days. And also, you know, we were seeing uh, a lot of the dismay on social media. And, you know, and there was fighting and, and arguing that, that I never really uh, saw before. People who had loved each other for, for decades were now going after each other. And I wrote this book as a way to, to try to find um, some peace and, and try to give people some hope and, and try to uh, bring some folks back together. Um, and just try to fight the disunity. So how did you get the title of the book? And what is the title of the book? Because I didn't mention that, and I'm so sorry for that. Oh, it's okay. Uh, the book is called How to Beat Stalin, Hitler, and the Southern State Parkway. Uh, Southern State Parkway is out on the east end of Long Island. And, um, you know, and, and the whole book and the whole title is, is uh, How to Overcome Adversity. Um, how to uh, fight back, and who how to how to have ultimately a, uh, a a nice life. And the book, you know, the title starts to make sense once you start getting into the book. Um, we we uh, begin the story with me, you know, as a young child. Uh, we were I was born in the Bronx, Bronx, New York, and right away we we moved out to the East End of Long Island. Uh, me and my mom my dad and my sister, um, you know, we did that to, uh, to get away from the, from the inner city. Uh, one thing the Bronx at that time was on fire back in the seventies. So, uh, you know, escaping flame, always a good idea. And, you know, we sort of lived the, the idyllic life, you know, the American dream, you know, we had a quarter acre house, white picket fence, you know, the, the whole spiel, um, until I was about five, and my father was killed in a car wreck on the Southern State Parkway. Oh, wow. And, you know, that was my big challenge in life, was how to deal with my father's death. And that was the challenge of our whole family, you know, my mother, my sister. My and quickly, you know, things started spiraling downward for me. Um, you know, by the time I was in middle school, I was literally staring into the abyss. Um, I was learning disabled. You know, I, I couldn't. Couldn't spell cat if you bought me a vowel. Uh, struggled mightily and uh, was being bullied mercilessly. I was overweight. Uh, you know, I was taking a beating every day. Sometimes teachers, you know, would, would uh, get in on the act. And uh, I just had no hope for a better tomorrow. And my mom could see the danger. She saw how much pain I was in. And, you know, she was always very encouraging. Like, you know, like uh, your mom's always encouraged. Oh, you're beautiful. You're smart. You're, everything's going to be great. But you don't believe your mom because she's crazy. And, you know, and she saw that she wasn't making a dent. So she said, hey, you know what? Uh, you're not the only person in this family who's had adversity in life. And I said, okay, well, who? Who are you talking about here, Mom? And she said, well, it's time you knew about your babcha. Uh, your, your, your Bapcha Eva and Bapcha is the Ukrainian word for grandmother. My, my father was Ukrainian and, uh, he goes, I want to tell you about your Bapcha Eva. And I said, okay. I, I never knew my Bapcha. She in fact died in the same car accident as my father. 
I only knew her as the nice lady who made apple strudel, right? As a chubby yeah. kid, that's how you identify people, by what pastry they bring to the house. Yeah, and, the yummy uh, stuff. <laughs> oh, it was delicious. And I said, okay, well, tell me about Bob Chiba. I, I knew nothing about her. And she says, well, when she was your age, she wasn't worried about being uh, obese. She was actually worried about starving to death. You know, and that got my attention. So what are you talking about? She said, well, when she was a kid growing up in the Ukraine, uh, she was and her family were victims of Stalin's Holodomor. Uh, Stalin was, of course, the, the dictator of the Soviet Union, and he wanted to um, make the Ukrainians submit to communism and submit to his collectivist farms. In order to do that, he starved them out, and about four million people starved to death. They literally took all the food out of the country. They surrounded the, the country with the Red Army, so if anybody tried to escape, they'd be shot. And millions died. Millions died. And my grandmother was in the middle of this. So, oh, my God. And, uh, you know, I'm really taken aback by this. And then she said, and once that was over, a few years later came the Great Terror, where Stalin instituted another purge uh, of the Ukrainian people and other folks in Eastern Europe. And hundreds of thousands, if not millions of more people died. And once that was over, when they were finally getting back on their feet and trying to find a new normal, Hitler was now master of Germany. And in 1941, he begins what was known as Operation Barbarossa, and it was the invasion of the Soviet Union. And it's the largest land battle in the history of the world. Uh, and there's Babcha on the front line. And very quickly into that, uh, her village is captured, her entire family is murdered, and she's made a slave. She's brought to work in one of Hitler's concentration camps. And I'm just absolutely floored by this. You know, I, I can't believe what my mother's telling me. And I said to her, how, how in the world did Bapcha survive this? You know, uh, you know how, how could you, you know, by yourself, no family, no nothing, uh, a slave? You know, we, it's hard for us to think about that. You know, uh, one of our relatives was a slave. And uh, she said, well, your Bapsha, you know, she was, she had a superpower. I said, superpower? What was her superpower? She says, that your Bapsha believed that she always, no matter how bad things were, she was in control of her reaction to the situation. That was her power. And no matter how bad things got, no matter how many people in her life died or how hopeless the situation was, she was going to fight on. And she was one day going to resurrect the Boris family. She was not going to let these evil dictators wipe us from history. She was going to hold on. She was going to outlast them and bring us all back. And sure enough, one day Hitler commits suicide. World War II is over and she's free. She's free. Uh, at that point, she had uh, my father. My father was born into slavery. She had met a great man in the camp, uh, Eustace, and they began a, a uh, a wonderful love affair and uh, she's free now and she's starting to rebuild the Boris family she has another son and they're making it work you know they're recovering they're still in the bloodlands of Europe but they're they're inching forward until one day uh, a knock on the door and there was an, a soldier American soldier came to the door and they were selling bathtub wine out of you know to make some extra money uh, and they were out of wine the soldier got angry he fought with my grandfather and shot him dead in the front door. 
And my Bopsh is now single mother, murdered husband, two kids. Somehow gets them on a boat across the Atlantic. They land in Philadelphia. Uh, the first night in America, they're homeless. Uh, they're penniless. They had to sleep on a park bench. They couldn't speak the language. But my Bopsh always felt that this was a good start. Because now, even though, you know, for, for me, I, I would be absolutely, you know, demoralized, crushed by this. But for her, she had a chance. And a chance was all she needed. And, and over the next few decades, she built back the Boris family. And by the time of her death, she had remarried. She owned her own house. She had a small business. And she got to meet four grandkids. Wow. And that's how she beat. Stalin and Hitler. And it makes Black sense where the Hitler. title comes from, right? For the book. Right. Because I was like, where, how did he get this title? But as you're sharing this story, Steve, I'm understanding a lot, you know, and we, and we have a lot in common with history because my, my four time great grandmother is from Germany and she was part of Hitler as well. So when, when you first sent me the book, I was like, Oh, where's this going? Like, how is this? But I'm glad that you're sharing this with the listeners and the viewers out there because then they can understand the title of the book. Right. Because some of the words might be like, Oh, I'm not sure if I want to read this. Like what, what is this about? Right. So, and this is what we do is why by sharing our stories and that and giving awareness of what the book and what entitles in the book is, will give people the opportunity to go and grab a copy. So if you'd like to grab a copy, the links are, I'm, I'm posting the links as we're having our conversation and that, but carry on. I'm sitting here and I'm listening to your story and I'm truly blown away by the adversity of the family and, you know, and continuing the growth and getting over hardships, right? Because that's what we have to do. So continue on, Steve. I'm just taking some notes and I'm just going to keep pushing up some links and, any questions that come in, if any of the viewers or listeners out there that would like to ask any questions, please put them in the comments and I'll pull, pull them up as we're having tea today with Steve. And if you're watching the replay, please push hashtag replay where you're tuning in from so I can thank you for where you're tuning in to. And I'll let Steve take the floor again and continue on with his story. Great. Thank you. Um, and, you know, she was faced with two of the most evil dictators in human history. Uh, these people responsible for the deaths of countless millions. And she stood up to them because she controlled her reaction. She, you know, even if she too was, was eventually going to be killed, she was going to die fighting. And, and of course, the best revenge is having a good life. And I hear this story and I realize, you know, I'm part of this legacy. Okay. That here I am, 12, 13 years old, hopeless you know, suffering my own pain. Uh, but it, it gave me a, a spark of motivation, right? If she could overcome this, if she can come out of the bloodlands of Europe and, and, and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with two evil dictators and win, you know, my prop, which were real. I had real problems. Maybe I had some hope. Maybe I, too, could use her superpower and control my reaction to these situations. And also I was on the hook because if I didn't have a nice life, that would mean Hitler and Stalin win, right? That, that's what she fought for was yeah. so that we could go on and have nice things. You know, I don't have to become president, I don't have to, you know, but just to have a, be a good, decent person, right? Okay, to be a productive 
you know, loving, caring man. And boy, I had no idea how, right? It's great to hear this rah-rah story, right? Well, how do you actualize it? How yeah. do you make something of it? And I looked around, I had no clue, you know? And my, that's when my mom at that propitious moment said, you got to go play some football. And, and she pushed me towards football, uh, not because she liked the, the violence or the tackling or because she knew the men and she knew what, what sports were all about. That the program where I grew up was, uh, yes, they wanted to win and all football coaches want to win. They want to build character. They want to turn young boys into great men. And the slogan of our team, you know, teams always like to have, was brothers forever. And, you know, it wasn't just something catchy you put on a T-shirt. You know, it was real. And I saw it right away. The first uh, day of practice, they make us run a big warm-up lap around the perimeter of school. And I was a chubby kid. I, I could barely get halfway around. I'm dry heaving. You know, I got Twinkies falling out of my pocket. You know, it was a catastrophe. And uh, I think, okay, this is it, you know. And the captain of the team, this kid Jason, came. And he finished his lap real quick, and he came back and got me. And he basically dragged me across the finish line. He said, listen, you're not going to quit. We're all in this together. You know, and I still remember that to this day. And, and then the next day in school, instead of being bullied and humiliated, I hear, hi, Steve. I look around, oh, is there another Steve standing next to me? It was the guys on the team, you know, now, hey, you're one of us. You know, you're, you're, you're part of the family. And that's what the, the program provided as a family. And I remember being called into the office by the coach. And, oh, this is it, you know. And I was the worst football player probably in the history of the program at this point. Uh, they're going to cut me. And I said, sorry, coach, it's okay. You can cut me. He goes, we're not going to cut you. We don't cut anybody here, you know. I wanted to tell you, keep trying. You're doing great. You're getting better, okay, and we're happy you're part of the family. And it was just that little bit of kindness that gave me so much. It gave me so much hope that, uh, you know, the security, happiness, you know, something I really don't think I ever – uh, knew or understood before, um, and it got me hooked, you know, and basically saved my life. Um, it was also in the classroom. My mom uh, got me tested, and surprise, surprise, I was learning disabled. And uh, I got a resource room teacher, a special educator, would work with me. And Mrs. Dudick, I'll never forget her. She was about five foot tall, about 100 pounds. You know, I'm 6'3", and she would get up in, on a chair and scream in my face, you know, and pull my ear and, you know, was tough on me. Just like, but got me to do my work. And most importantly, she taught me how to learn. And I just want you to think about it. She taught me how to learn. And that was probably the greatest gift anybody's ever given me, uh, that ability. Or that, give me strategies, right? And my mom being crazy, as I said she was, you know, she starts saying, okay, great, you're playing football, you're getting a little bit better at school, we're going to get you to a college, you're going to go to a, a great school, you're going to get a football scholarship, you know, uh, you're going to meet a, a great woman, a great girl, and get married, and you're going to live happily ever after. Hey, what are you talking about? And if anybody heard these conversations, we'd have these conversations every night at midnight, we, we were both insomniacs, you know, we'd just sit up at night chatting, you know, you'd be preposterous. You know, you're out of your mind. How in the world? I was the exact opposite of everything she said. But she believed. And her believing got me to believe. And then she, she surrounded me with people who gave me the skills 
the coaches, the teachers. And as the years went by, by the time I was in my junior year, I wasn't the, the fat kid flunking out anymore. I was the, uh, the captain of the team. I was getting good grades. And all the stuff that she said was coming true. And uh, I couldn't, you, nobody could believe it. And one day in class, my junior year, there's a knock on the door and it's the principal. And he comes to the door and wanted to see me. Now, the most kids would get nervous if the principal came, right? You got coat smoking in the bathroom or something. Yeah. Today they'd be vaping, you know. Or, <laughs> yeah. But I wasn't, wasn't one of those. I got excited because if, the, if you were an athlete and the principal was there, that meant there was probably a college scout in the office. You know, this was the rite of passage. I, I was like, wow, we did it. The college scout, you know, it's all coming together. I go skipping out of the classroom, go with the principal down to the office, giggling to myself like an idiot. Excuse me, uh, too much tea. And then um, we get to the office and he sits me down. He says, Steve, I'm sorry. Uh, there's no college scout. In fact, it was a terrible accident. In my oh. Head. Oh. And just like that, uh, in that moment, I'm right back at the abyss. Right back at the abyss. And, you know, I had no idea what to do. I didn't know whether you know, go crawl into a bottle, crawl into a ditch, you know. Uh, I had no idea. And, and I was, uh, you know, mama's boy. Big time. And I was uh, not prepared to be on my own. Me and my sister, we were not prepared at all to be on our own. And that's when, you know, we saw the power of community. The the coaches and teachers, the, the friends and neighbors all came and saved my life. They got me across that last bit of the finish line. You know, anytime I was thinking about just giving up or quitting, they were all right there for me. Uh, in ways great and small, seen and unseen. You know, I remember going back to school after the funeral. My chemistry teacher, Miss Buckmaster, she says, come on in after school. We're going to do all the work together. You know, she stayed with me to like five o'clock at night. You know, chemistry, I was terrible at chemistry. I was always like myself on fire with the Bunsen burner. You know, and she, she got me through all the labs. And then as I'm leaving, she goes, hey, come here. Here's $20. What's this? She goes, take your sister out to a movie. You know? And it's like, I still remember it because that, that changed my life. It gave me hope for a better tomorrow. But somebody gives a damn, right? Yep. And, you know, I had a girl, friends with, and then have a car, I had to take a driving test. Her mom gave me the car to take the driving test. Of course, I crashed the car, so I kind of backfired on them, you know, so you gotta be careful. Um, but, you know, the whole community came together and rallied and you know, I was able to graduate high school, got got a scholarship to, to go play at Fordham. And, uh, you know, met my wife there, my, my Amy, my family now, and had a, a and, and have a, a nice life. Had a nice life. Um, just like my Bob, she even wanted me to have when she dragged herself out of the bloodlands of Europe, you know, and yeah. inspired me, you know, to keep going. You know, when I didn't have to fight Stalin and Hitler, but I had I had some other stuff. I had some other obstacles in the way. You know, that's that's what all of us. That's what the book book's all about. You know, your obstacle could be alcoholism, right? It could be yep. a divorce. Maybe you lost. Maybe it's COVID, right? You, you got lost something in COVID. Um, 
they're all real, you know. Uh, it could be historic, like a Stalin and Hitler. Um, it could be sneaky, right? You know, maybe like having uh, too too much sugar, and you get become a you know get di- diabetic. It can all doom you if you let it, you know. And you always control your choice how you're going to respond to these situations, right? Yeah. But you but you need help. You need that community there. You need that love. Well, that's one thing that I'm getting as you're sharing your story, Steve, is that just the kindness, you know, went a long way for you. It actually pushed you and made you uh, move forward. You know, so many times we think kindness doesn't have so much impact, but it actually does change a person's life. You know, when someone actually does give a damn and we can move forward, you know. Uh, like you said, just some teachers taking that extra time tutoring you and pushing you and getting the community coming together and pushing you through the finish line. You know, we all need community. We're, we need a village. Like, we can't do this alone. And it's like you said, Steve, like there's so many things out there, Al- alcoholism, passing, grief, divorce. There's so many things, right, that we have to all overcome. So if anybody would like to reach out to you, Steve, like how would they find this book and where can they find this book? Sure. The easiest place to get on Amazon and you could Google my name or how to beat Stalin Hitler in the Southern State Parkway. And, you know, you could be reading it on uh, your Kindle in seconds and uh, or you can order the hard copy and block and the uh, blockbuster. Amazon's really good at getting that. <laughs> uh, Who knows? Like, it might be a blockbuster. Yeah, flashing back to my know, childhood. Right? I'm, uh, <laughs> I got, got back into the 80s and 90s somehow right there. Um, but, yeah, you can pick it up real there. You know, and I'm, uh, all my, you know, you were so kind as to put all my social media links up there, and you can get me, and I'll get back to you, look at he split, and you can have a nice chat. So I think now's a good time to ask you, what would your T be if I gave you the letter T-E-A, Steve? My T? Uh, teamwork. Um, you know, that's that's what got me across. You know, that that's what saved my life. You know, and, uh, you know, in, on the field, you know, and we learned that in sports, right? You know, and that's something I, I figured out pretty quick is the lessons you learn on a field, whether the sport is for me, it was football. Um, it's just the simulation for life. And, you know, that's why we want to get kids into sports is so that we can teach them life skills. You know, it's fun. Hey, I scored a touchdown or whatever, you know, but, you know, we're, we're teaching you how to be a great man, a great woman, you know, a great person. Uh, and you apply that to business, you know, like you're doing this great job. I'm sure you have a, a whole support staff helping you out, you know, and, and other people. You know, nobody ever does anything by themselves. You know, we well, I'm a one, I'm a one woman team at this moment. Oh, so. oh good. Okay, God bless you. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I do, I do everything. I'm a one woman team. I am looking for a team. So if anybody wants to help, Miss Liz, they cool. are more than welcome to because it is a heavy load. We'll, we'll sign you. We'll sign some folks up for it. You know, my daughter um, was never into sports at all. You know, she I coached her in softball in third grade, and that was a catastrophe. She revolted and but an insurrection and they wanted to play make mud pies instead of hit ball. So that's a whole nother story. And uh, she got into theater, you know, and watching her perform. And it's the same thing. It's the same concept. You have people with different skills, 
combining different t talents, you know, the one person's doing the lights, the other person's dancing, you know, and support people all coming together to create something that they could not create on their own and learning valuable life skills along the way. Um, and also providing that family, you know, of support and love and community. And I think um, that's the key is, you know, and that's what I want to do, not just with, with kids, you know, in school, I'm a teacher, I'm a coach, you know, so we, we keep that going. But, you know, with, uh, with adults as well and bringing adults in and finding community for adults, especially for, for men of uh, my age, you know, we're finding uh, we're a particular risk for suicide. You know, the, the statistics are quite alarming uh, because we feel very isolated. Mm -hmm. You know, you're supposed to be stoic on your own and, and not show any weakness and, you know, uh, you know, suck it up buttercup and all this. That's just not a healthy way to get through life. And it's unnatural. It's, it's unnatural. And, uh, you know, you struggle and you, you don't feel like you can talk to anybody and, you know, maybe go see a psychiatrist. But, uh, but even that's what I was finding. It's just hard to find professionals to help. You know, there's wait lists and then is the person any good? Or, or even if they're good, is it a good? It's just um, can be a, quite a daunting challenge. You know, and I think... A lot of times we just need each other. Yeah. We, you know, we need each other. We need to find purpose. Why am I getting up in the morning? You know, uh, try to find something like my coach when I was 12, you know, who gave me that little bit of love and support that, that propelled me. We still need that as, as a 48 year old, 47 year old. Yeah. You know, we need, we need that community around us that gives us purpose that, that gets us out of bed in the morning. Other than I gotta go pay some bills, you know. Um, I tragically lost one of my best friends last year, early last year. He committed suicide. A great man, brilliant man, um, but just couldn't get back from the abyss. You know, just didn't see a purpose. Just was tired. Of, um, he was just paying bills, and he didn't find the joy, and he didn't find his why. You know, or he forgot his why, mm -hmm. and uh, you know. It was too late. We, we couldn't. And it didn't have to be that way. It didn't have to be that way. Um, you know, so, so that's, that's my goal. That's what I'm trying to do with my teaching, with my coaching. That's why I wrote this book. Um, it's to try to remind people that, you know, we got more in common than we don't. Yep. A lot of the difference, especially when you're on social media, the differences you know, that you see uh, my side versus your side and bunch of crap well the different perspectives right they're you different. see a six i see a nine doesn't mean either one of us is wrong right. it just means we, we see different way right and uh you know and you know at the core of it you know we you know especially we we all want to be loved we all want to have great family you know we all want to be a part of something special we want to be appreciated we want to be respected you know and that's not uh values confined to one group or another yeah you know, and we can disagree about things. We should. Yeah, you know? we should. If we're not disagreeing, I, I, I kind of like, if everyone's just agreeing saying, yeah, yeah, that's good, that's good. There's no room for growth. There's no room for feedback. There's no room to see where you're making a mistake to improve yourself. If everyone's just patting you on the back and saying, good, 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 good. You know, I like when people tell me, Miss Liz, you can fix it this way. And I'm like, okay, let me try it. Like, you know. Yeah. 
I mean, we have different, you know, I, as a teacher, I have different economic interests than, say, a, a business person, you know, or, or somebody running an oil company or somebody running, you know, telecommunications or, you know, it doesn't mean my, my interests are wrong. They pertain to me. Mm-hmm. And, but we have to respect the other and, and try to empathize, to, you know, put our, each other in each other's shoes. And, yeah. and you know, after a, a spirited argument, like, hey, let's go have a, a Pepsi or maybe uh, Pepsi or something, you know, because we're, yeah. we all want, we all have kids and we want to take care of them and we have family and we, and we all want the same thing ultimately, you yeah. know? Um, and hopefully this, this can remind people, you know, also it, it's, um, it's also there to show the, the dangers of extremism. Yeah. You know, Stalin was uh, extreme left communism and that led to death and slavery of countless millions. And um, Hitler was extreme right Nazi fascism. Well, that led to death and slavery of millions. So what does that tell you? You go extreme either way, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Our demise. And, and we've always been very successful when we're kind of in the middle. Yeah. You know, and we realize the, our humanity. And and we realize the answer is always love. Yeah. So you gave me the word teamwork for the, your letter T. So what would you give me for E and A? E, I would give uh, empathy, right? Where we want to, you know, um, you know, try to see things from the other person's perspective. You know, not to take on their pain, uh, but but to say okay. I understand why you're feeling that, you know, and not just react, not just lash out and, and yeah. label. But, you know, why, why is this person doing this? You know, as a, as a teacher, sometimes I'll say, hey, you know, uh, pick out your pencil and they go, oh, we go to hell. And they start yelling <laughs> at me, you know, <laughs> okay, well, obviously, you know, I can give detention and, you know, if they, I can say, okay, well, why is that, why is that happening? Yeah. What happened? Maybe that kid had a, a rough morning, you know, this, that, and the other thing, you know, God knows it, get to the bottom of it. Try to figure out why that person's acting that way. And, you know, when you do that, you can have some great breakthroughs, you know, that can lead to um, that person, you know, being healed in some way because somebody's finally listened. Instead of attacking and punishing and telling them that they're bad, taking a moment to understand why. Yeah. And listening. People don't realize how far empathy really goes, you know, when someone really actually listens and does give a damn again with the kindness, you know, somebody actually caring how far it actually goes. And as you were sharing earlier, when you shared the word teamwork, I was listening to how you were sharing and that and I was like, I'm sure he's going to say empathy. I'm sure it's going to be empathy for the E. (laughs) And then when you said it, I was like, I should have just wrote it down. I'm telegraphing myself here, but that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and what would your A be, Steve? A, um, in this case, it would have to be my, my wonderful wife, Amy, um, you know, who is, uh, without her, I'd be uh, naked in a tree somewhere. I don't think I could, you know, she's just my everything. And uh, we met in college and uh, got married uh, shortly after. You know, we have our wonderful children together and, you know, we've had our ups and downs and highs and lows. And, you know, we've been to the 
you know, to the edge and back. But we always realize, you know, we're in this together. Yeah. And, you know, um, when we at the end of the day, we have each other's back. And we realize, you know, ultimately what's important. You know, and again, it comes back to uh, love. You know, and when you have somebody who loves you um, unconditionally, you know, it doesn't mean you're not going to get yelled at. Yeah. Well, you know, a little bit of loud yelling sometimes actually gets the attention, right? Because sometimes we need that. Right. I don't want anybody to think I get this, you know, fairy tale and birds are, <laughs> you, know, you know, the whole thing. But, you know, and that's important, though, because, yeah. you know, hey, you can fight. You can disagree. Like we were talking about before, you can disagree. You can have a different perspective on things. You know, you can get, but you come back and you realize, hey, it's about love, it's about yeah. family. Uh, we have much more in common than we don't, and let's let's figure out a way how we can make things better. And when you do try, you know, it goes back to empathy, right? And yep. and teamwork. You know, that's what people don't realize: families, teamwork. Exactly. You know, when you get married, you know, love and and all the you know the fantasy and you know the the movie. Yeah. Okay. You're not saying I don't love my wife, and we're not, we're, but it's about being a team. Yeah. You know. And it's about getting the job done and taking care of the kids, you know, and having a plan and, and you know, being human. <laughs> yeah. And and you're going to make mistakes. OK, picking up, you know, like, OK, you screw something like in, in coaching football. Somebody drops a pass. Well, do I go and yell at the kid and call him a loser or do I say, hey, it's OK, get him next time. Yeah. You know, so I screw up as a husband. Yeah, you left this toilet seat up again. You forgot. <laughs> yeah. OK. <laughs> You know, you're gonna divorce me, throw me out in the gutter, or hey, yeah. Of course, I, I, uh, my duty is to to fix it, right? But yeah. it's, you know, we we just don't bury me in the process, um, and realize I still do have value. I'm still a human being. Well, and I think that's what everyone has to understand, right? Is we all have our issues. We all have gone over something, you know, and that's what makes us uniquely different. Is we all have our own stories. You know, and I love that you kept bringing up the word family, because when I asked you what were one word that describes you as a as a person, you gave me the word family and you and it shows that you're a really family oriented man, because you keep saying the empathy, the teamwork, your wife, the, you know, Amy. And it is truly a strong team because you're serving your tea each and every day, the teamwork of the family. You know, the empathy of the family and you and your wife as well, you know. So you have a really strong cup of tea there, Steve, that you're serving. And I really appreciate you sharing your tea. And that's what it is. We all have our own teas. We serve our own teas and our own flavors and blends at certain times, right? So you mentioned in, in, in your bio, I mentioned that you are a coach, a teacher and an author. So what have those three things taught you in life about yourself, Steve? Oh, let's see. Um, you know, that uh, I'm a flawed person and, you know, and I'm, I want to try to keep getting better. You know, I want to keep learning from my mistakes. Uh, I want to keep falling forward. And, you know, that the best way to get through this life is to try to be... Uh, to try to serve 
and to try to give back. You know, uh, the reason I, you know, I became a teacher and a coach, you know, yeah, it's fun, <laughs> it's, it's, um, but it's to try to give back and try to or to pay forward, you know, um, to, and thank all the wonderful people who, who got me to where I am. You know, that's why I wrote the book. You know, it's this, this in many ways a horrible story, but I wanted to try to use it as a way to try to help people. You know, so maybe somebody could read about my Bobcha, you know, who's struggling and say, oh, if Bobcha even could do it, maybe I can too, you know. Um, or hear about my sister, you know, there's a whole bunch about my sister, other wonderful characters, Herm, uh, you know, some there's there's a lot more. There's a lot more characters in there who, who have inspired me and, and, and can inspire others, you know. Um, and that's the hope. That's the goal. Um, you know, speaking of the characters, like, you know, my Bapcha and my mom, especially, those are the two big ones. My mom, first and foremost, um, you know, we're getting to a point, you know, they've been, Bapcha has been dead since 80, so is it over 40 years, and my mom died in 91, and we're kind of getting to a point where nobody remembers them. You know, the people who know them are, are passing away, and it's rare that I get to speak to somebody who actually knew my mother. Nobody knew my, my Bapcha Eva. Um, and, you know, there's the old expression, you die twice, you know, you're, you're deaf, and then when nobody remembers you anymore. Yeah. And that's what I was getting, you know, upset about was they were about to die that second death. But now, you know, this thanks to this book, as long as this book's around and there's a copy somewhere, they're going to live forever. And, well, that's it, right? You're leaving a legacy of the story, so yeah. that they don't. And, you know, pass they, again. they can come back. You know, and that was the other thing I was thinking. I'm getting choked up here a little bit. You know, with the pandemic. That's okay. The You're pandemic. allowed to cry on tea time. Um, you know, if I could summon back. Excuse me. You know, somebody to help. Heroes, you know. It would be those folks, you know, and some of the others in the book. Um, and it's just great that, you know, I've had feedback, people who've read it, friends, people I haven't known, you know, strangers, you know, that's when it really hits you when the stranger comes, says, you know, your mom is my hero. Bob Shaheed is my hero. I want to be like them. And I was able to help you know, use their story, you know, so they're helping people from that they never even knew of from beyond the grave. And, you know, that's, that's what I wanted to try to do. Um, you know, well, it truly, it truly if impacts help one person, people, right? then great. You know, if you could help a million, you know, even better. Well, and that's it, right? We write these stories, you know, the hard pains, the hard stories in order to impact other people's lives. Because when they read that story, they say, oh, my God, my life is not as hard as I think it is. You know, if this person could have overcome all of this, I can, too. You know, you give them that hope and that inspiration to carry on and move forward by sharing these stories. Uh, I truly understand where you're coming from because I myself have shared my personal story. And my message to everyone is when I'm gone, just remember how hard I fought Remember how hard, I, how hard I continued to push through the pain and the challenges. 
you know, and I think that's what you, you've given that legacy to your bacha and your mom, you know, and thank you, Steve, for being real, raw and authentic. The, this platform, that's what it's for. You know, there's no judgment and we do overcome things and we are human. So you, and you serve a strong tea. You're really family oriented. Your, your word is family, you know. I also asked you what your favorite color was and you gave me the color blue. Could you tell me why you picked blue? Blue? Um, because right now that's the uh, colors of our football team. Oh, <laughs> okay. I would have never guessed that. Like that, that threw me right yeah. off. Okay. No. Um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, you know, when I think about colors, I always think about, you know, that's the first thing that always jumps out to me, uh, you know, the football jersey, you know, and I've had, uh, you know, a lot of colors over the years. And I was at Sleepy Hollow, I coached there. We were red and we had the beautiful horseshoes. You know, we had this horseman that was great. And other teams, uh, purple, when I was at Sable at Fordham and we were the maroon, you know, but that's your colors. And yeah. you fight for your colors and you protect your colors and you're loyal to your colors, you know, and the colors are a symbol of your family um, that you work with, that you love with, you bleed with, you fight with, and uh, ultimately victorious with. So I would have never guessed football, like the colors of your football team when you gave me blue. And, it, and that's what it is, right? We all have our own favorite colors for different reasons. Again, you know, like the one word that describes us who we are as an individual, you know, it's our different teas, our different settings, our different flavors and blends that we offer and serve. And Steve, you've actually paid respects to a lot of people who have impacted your life. If you could give a big thank you to anyone who's still living out there and will listen to this show today or the replay because you can watch this at any time after the live show, who would you like to give a thank you to? Yeah, sure. You know, I already thanked uh, my wife, uh, Amy. Um, I'd like to thank also my, my children and uh, my, my wife's whole uh, family, uh, Rich and Laura Bubico, uh, Aunt Jackie, uh, Rich, Liz, Don, uh, Brooke, and all the, uh, the, the the grandkids and nieces and nephews and uncles and all these wonderful people that make up my life now. Well, we're not trying to give your age away. You mentioned grandkids. Uh, and I don't have grandkids. <laughs> not yet? No. So what message would you like to give to the youths out there that are into football? Because you are a football coach and you've been with the football teams and all that. What message would you have for all of the youths out there? That want to get into football or in football sure you know um some people are worried about the violence and you know, of the game um and it's certainly not for everybody and that's okay but it's to me it's the greatest game because on any play uh, 11 people have to work together um in order for for something to work and it's kind of uh the closest simulation you can get to society you know that we all have to get together work we have to be pulling in the same direction everybody's important everybody has a role everybody has value you know and if you play you know even if you're on the bench you still have value and you'll be joining uh 
a great family and, and when football's done right, you know, it's one of the, the greatest experiences in the world. So why is there 11 people on a football team? Um, I don't know. It was one of the the rules they came up with over the years. You know, we could go talk to a whole other show about the history of the game, um, you know, and how it evolved and how Teddy Roosevelt got involved 100 years ago. And, you know, I guess I guess that sounded like a, a good number proportional to the width of the field. <laughs> I'm learning a lot about football because I had a, a past guest I was on tea time as well for foreign language, uh, Jim Curtis, and he had tried to teach me about football. So I'm learning a little bit more and more every time I have a guest on and speaking about football. For me, it was I I just like football because of the team, like the the team spirit. I really like the team spirit with football yeah. over all of the other sports. Like I find that football has a very strong unity. And I don't know if it's because of the tackling or the connect, you know, the hard connect. I, I'm not sure what it is, but I find that football for me, when I watch it, it's the unity, the joining, the connection, you know, all the team huddling together. You don't see that with with hockey or baseball. Well, you do at the beginning, but I mean, but during the whole game, you see this connection. You see the unity of the team, you know, you have everyone running for this one ball, you know. So, yeah, football means a lot to me, like a, and, and I just like like the uniforms and I like the cheerleaders. I, I kind of like the whole celebration kind of aspect of football. So, Yeah, it's a community event. You know, one thing to just give you another lesson about what also makes it special to me. You know, I played for many years. Uh, I never touched the ball. You know, I was oh, wow. a lineman. And, and most people on the field, you know, uh, five of the 11 will never touch the ball. Oh, fumble or something weird happens. Yeah, uh, the linemen, and that's to me one of the best parts. It's about the selflessness of it, where you're gonna, you know, literally get your body in the way of other large people to protect your your, your teammates, to protect your brother. You know, and our our great coach, uh, this man named John DeLuca, who's another one of my angels, you know, actually came up with a, a lineman's prayer. You know, it's not denominational. So I don't think you're converting to a religion. But it goes, uh, we work the hardest, we're known the least, but who cares? We are the reason. Oh, you I know? like that. So so without your your blocking and protection, your team can never win. The guys who scored a touchdown, that's never going to happen without you. Yeah. You know? And I just love I just love the practice. We're just working with, with all your friends, your teammates. Uh, for a common goal, you never touch the ball, but when you do score, when you team does, it's the greatest feeling in the world, you know, and that's like society, you know, some people look it down at teachers and cops and firemen and they're like, oh, you guys are losers, you know, no, we're, we're kind of like the linemen, without the work of the people in that role, does anything ever get done, or yeah. your instruction, you know. You know, just well, there's always that judgment, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter what field you're in. There's always somebody that has something negative to say about it. Right. Uh, you know, and that's the thing. Don't, don't judge. You know, everybody has their, their worth, their value. And without everybody working together, doing their job, you know, it's just not going to work. Well, it's teamwork, right? There it goes right back to the T is the teamwork. Without the team, you know, I, I, I'm a one-woman team, but my teammates are my guests. My teammates are my viewers and my listeners. I'm not doing this alone. I can't do it alone. And it's like you said, you can't you can't do anything alone. You need a team. 
I just have a different sort of team, you know, and and that's why I, I am very appreciative and supportive of all of my guests and all of my viewers and listeners at any time, whether you watch the live or you watch the replay, I really appreciate you tuning in and supporting because you are my team. You are the one that's is encouraging me to push through, get picking me up and taking me to the finish line. Like the community had done to you, Steve has picked you up and brought you to the finish line, you know? So you being a guest here today, you've actually helped me pick me and brought me to the finish line, you know? Absolutely. And you, and you have helped uh, so many folks like myself get the message out and you're, you're really, and help so many people in your audience, you know, you're, you're really a true blessing and, and, and doing amazing work. Um, you know, just, just helping communities, you know, well beyond where you live, you know, reaching, you know, nationwide and, and globally, you know, it's, it's, it's an amazing, uh, gift you're giving. All I do is spill a tea. I make a mess. <laughs> My mess is good. <laughs> so any final words before we wrap up your tea time and I'll share the next guest that's coming up on August 18th. Sure. You know, I just want everybody to understand you know, whatever's bad things happening to you, it's not fair. It's probably not your fault. Uh, but we can get through this together. You know, understand we love you. Uh, stay in the fight. If you need help, get the help that you need. Uh, people have been through bad times before. And this too shall pass. So before we wrap up your tea time, Steve, it just popped in my head. Are you looking to share your story on other platforms or uh, speaking stages or anything like that? Any way we can. You know, I'm doing uh, YouTube videos. I'm doing TikTok videos. Um, I, I'm doing pub, uh, events, you know, uh, trying to book public speaking events, speaking of schools, speaking of organizations, you know. Whatever way I can find to uh, try to get the message out and, and try to be a help. I'm going to I'm going to connect you after the show when we're done the live show. I'm going to connect you with a couple people that are looking for speakers, motivational speakers like yourself, coaches and leaders and all that. And I'll direct you to those people. And I really want to thank you, Steve, for joining and sharing your story with me today. You know, because when when I when you first approached me, I was like, oh, I don't know what what is the story about? Like, how do I get? You know, and sometimes you just have to listen. You just have to find out for yourself what the story is. So that's what I do. What some of my guests is when they come on Tea Time, I'm learning as my listeners and viewers are listening, learning as well. Um, and to reach out to Steve, you can find him on all social media platforms. Like he said, he's on TikTok. I've been following his TikTok. So give him a quick follow, you know, and then maybe Steve, you once you get the, that 1K, then you can do your lives on uh, TikTok and that as well uh, is there any other way that the viewers and listeners can reach out to you sure you know you can always reach me uh, by email uh, steve.boris at gmail.com and uh, I'd be happy to, to get back to you and uh, and chat and and start a relationship and if anybody would like a signed copy of your book do you have some available Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Just reach out to me and we'll get that in the mail right away. <laughs> so on what platform is the best one to reach you at besides the email? Um, uh, Facebook would probably be the easiest, um, but you know, you can, uh, yeah, that would be the way to go. Reach me on messenger there. 
So awesome. Thank you so much, Steve, for sharing. It really was an honor to hear your story and have you share your tea, teamwork, empathy, and Amy, you know, your, your tea is a really strong tea. Keep serving your tea, Steve, because you're doing wonders with it and you're making a difference. You're impacting lives as well. Um, you know, it just takes one person to make a difference. And like you said, Steve, kindness goes a long way. So let's just be kind. Let's start being kinder to our neighbors, kinder to our family, kinder to our communities and reach out and make a difference and get involved, you know, step up, speak up. If you see that kid that's not getting the motivation that they need and you can mentor them, mentor them. Because I believe you do that as well, Steve, right? As you do some mentoring. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. With all my students and players. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for your services. I really appreciate you doing and making a difference in so many people's lives. Now, I will see everyone back here August 18, 3 p.m. We will have an afternoon tea where Shane Wilson will be coming in. He is a musician and a storyteller, so he'll be bringing a good flavorful tea to the table. There's a lot that I'm hoping maybe a little bit of music. We don't know. We'll switch it up a little add some little flair, but Shane Wilson will be joining me at 3 p.m. August 18th. So tune in for that show. And if you'd like to see any of the Tea Times, you can watch the replays on the YouTube channel, Miss Liz's Tea Time Making a Difference. Subscribe and you will be notified anytime a new Tea Time comes up. There are over 100 Tea Times on there. So if one flavor doesn't match, the next flavor will. I guarantee that one Tea Time will affect your life and impact your life. Reach out to these guests. These guests are making a difference. It's not about Miss Liz. It's about the guest. Remember that we're here to serve tea of others, tea for humanity and tea of connection and tea of network. This is what this platform is for. So if you'd like to know more about me, Miss Liz, you can check out my website and check out my YouTube channel. Steve, before we wrap up, we have less than a minute. Any final, final, final words before we wrap up? Uh, you know, I, I just want to thank you for this great opportunity and uh, for, that you gave me to, to get my, my message out there. And, and on behalf of all your other guests, we, we really appreciate you and, and all the beautiful work that you're doing. Well, thank you so much. So I will see everybody August 18th, 3 p.m. And then I believe the next one is at the end of the month, the last Thursday of the month. I have Kelly coming in. She will be speaking on ASL. Uh, American Sign Language. So we will be doing some sign language. We might even learn how to say T in sign language. Lots and lots of surprises coming. So like I said, there's lots of flavors, lots of different guests. So be sure to check them out. Be sure to check out Steve. Reach out to Steve. Connect with Steve. And grab a copy of his book because it will make a difference. One little kindness at a time. One purchase at a time and one cup of tea at a time. So I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Thank you to the viewers and the listeners out there. Thank you for tuning in to Tea Time. We did it. We did two shows in one day, and it was a hit. So I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in twice today for Tea Time with Miss Liz, and I will see you August 18th, 3 p.m.